I want to kind of get a job that I can do at my own pace and something I love to do. So um, that, you know, being an active investor, don't let anybody fool you. It's a job, <laughs> especially if you're going to be on the asset management side of it. Um, it's a job, but it is a job that you do on your terms, not on somebody else's. It's no secret that real estate is one of the best investment vehicles out there. But how can we determine which strategies will best align with our financial ambitions? Well, you've come to the right spot. Whether you're an active real estate entrepreneur, a passive investor, or looking to get into real estate investing, our goal is to provide investors with the insights and strategies for building our portfolios all while protecting our capital. I'm Daniel Nichols, and this is the Two Smart Assets Real Estate Investing Podcast everybody welcome back to the show i'm your host daniel nichols accompanied by our guest for the week trevor thompson and today we are the two smart assets for those of you who are not yet familiar with trevor he is a real estate investor participating as an lp in 17 syndicated deals and has recently moved to the active side and landed his first deal as a gp his investing experience includes retail single family medical office multifamily, and land development and has recently transitioned into real estate investing full-time trevor it's great to see you sir welcome to the show Awesome to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely pumped for today's conversation. Before we jump into that, though, we always like to kick off the show by hearing more about you, our guest, Trevor. So tell us more about your background, your story, and the path you took to get to where you are today in your real estate investing career. Yeah, so I have the most unusual story you're probably ever going to hear. So originally from Niagara Falls, Canada, um, started in the tourism, and I worked for Ripley's, believe it or not, all through my high school um, so I always say, believe it or not, kind of a joke there. <laughs> and then I transitioned to Guinness World of Records and I worked with them for 18 years. And during that period, I got promoted up to be the rep for it for all of North America. So I ran one in the Empire State Building in New York City, which was kind of my exposure to American business. We sold one in California to some friends, to people now that are friends of mine. And then I started a consulting company. So I actually helped them open a wax museum in Branson, Missouri. Um, one of the coolest facts is I actually had the world's tallest woman working for me. No and way. I actually traveled with her for TV appearances. So Japan twice, Venezuela, Los Angeles, Puerto Rico. So again, not everybody can say they went on a road trip with the world's <laughs> tallest woman. Uh, that was definitely different. And then I wanted to actually put a Guinness in Orlando, Florida. And so I started working on that. I'd raised the money. And right when we were kind of ready to pull the trigger, Ripley's, believe it or not, actually bought Guinness and didn't give me the rights to do the franchise. And Man. while I was doing it, though, I made a second deal. So of all things, I opened a year-round haunted house in Orlando, Florida, because I wanted to move to the land of opportunity from Canada. And so I opened this haunted house, and uh, we opened on Friday the 13th. 113, which is 1313. And we did such a bad job. We actually closed two hours later and repositioned <laughs> the whole attraction and reopened a week later. It was a very struggling business. And I got recruited by a headhunter to go to this company at the time called Sky Venture, now called I Fly Indoor Skydiving. And very interestingly, in our first team meeting, the owner gave everybody a copy of Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And so there, I was always kind of interested in real estate, but this was a whole different look at it versus just being a real estate agent. And unfortunately, I did what everyone else does. I read the book, I put it on the shelf, and I went away building my career. So I had a 20-year career with iFly Indoor Skydiving. 
Um, I opened 46 of our 80 worldwide locations. We grew from 17 team members when I started to 1,000 worldwide. We're on Royal Caribbean cruise ships. Um, so again, very cool things happened you know, during that journey. I managed to you know, travel the world and do, do open a fantastic business everywhere. But then this thing called, well, then we got bought out by a private equity company. And I didn't mm-hmm. quite agree with their business strategies and their things and thought they were doing things. But it did also give me a little bit of money because I got a, a payment for being a long-term team member. And I took that money and I started passively investing in real estate. And I did what everybody does. I went to the weekend roadshow where they told me I could buy an office building with my credit card. And I went, you know, that doesn't quite sound right. So I finally (laughs) met a group that sounded a little right. They were Texas-based. So I joined and made my first passive real estate investment. We've got some stories about that later, but uh, that turned out to be a very interesting investment. And then since then, I just kept growing, learning, growing, learning, joining different mentor programs. Um, My philosophy, as you mentioned in the intro, was always earn and learn. So I invested in different asset classes, but I also invested with people that would give me the opportunity to help, a little bit more insight, um, which was a little bit unique, but it was uh, something I wanted to do because I wanted to learn as well as earn. Yeah. And, you know, that's a, that's a pretty powerful concept, the, the earn and learn concept there. But before we get into that, because I know there's a lot there that we want to touch on. Um, you're absolutely right at the beginning. You have a very interesting background. Uh, <laughs> love to hear that. That's uh, it's very unique. Um, and, you know, it's, it's pretty apparent that you really know how to grow a business. Right. And I think that going forward, uh, that's going to pay dividends in, you know, becoming an active real estate investor, right? Having that mindset because yeah. you're know, going into syndication, being an active investor, it's a business, you know, and you got to run it like a business. So having that experience is, is going to be great. But so, but let's back up even further. You know, you went and you found this group, uh, you know, you're interested in real estate investing. You got Rich Dad, Poor Dad, you got interested in rich, uh, real estate investing. And then you found this group in Texas, yeah. right? And so you found this group. How were you able to, you know, find this group. If somebody's a brand new real estate investor to think about getting real estate investing, what is a, a good method for them to go out and find a group similar to one maybe you you were a part of there at the beginning? Yeah. So I, I went to a local RIA meeting um, mm-hmm. thinking, okay, I'm going to try to get involved. And they, they were the ones that sponsored the RIA. And then they had single family, you know, because they were mostly a single family group and there was a lot of people at the RIA. But I heard this thing, commercial real estate. And to be honest, I was interested in shopping malls or shopping centers. Mm. I kind of liked them. I thought, okay, that's something I could own, still have my dream job, you know, put a couple of tenants in there. It's still a business, but it's not like uh, the people renting the spaces are doing the active business. I'm just renting the spaces to them. So that's kind of where I first started thinking. Um, But then I found out about this multifamily thing and then all of the different assets of it. And I started really getting intrigued by it. And uh, I joined this group because I could touch, feel, and see them. They were in, I could go to their meeting. They had a meeting twice a month and I could see them and meet people. And, and even though I'm kind of outgoing, but I'm actually a big introvert, but it helped me, you know, and it was funny. A couple of the people knew that. So they took me into their wing and introduced me to people. And uh, it really built a strong foundation for me. Um, found out later that they're they're experts in single family and not experts in multifamily and things. They're okay, but they weren't, you know, they were a smaller group in that. They were a big group in single family. 
And so since then, I started gravitating out to other educational platforms and kind of trying to bring myself up to date. Um, I consider myself an obsessed learner. So when I start to get into something, I, I just like, I soak it all in. Like I did a hundred audible books and 50% of them were real estate in a year. And wow. 50% of them were real estate based. Um, you know, on tonight I'm on three different Zoom meetings. Um, one I'm hosting and it's just, it's kind of crazy um, how it's developed. Uh, but there's just so much out there to learn and so many people doing it. Um, and it's, and it's, and I didn't realize it was such a team sport. And I'm actually very excited about that because I like working as part of a team. I don't do well as a solopreneur. I like being my lane, what I do best with other people in their lanes doing what they do best. So all of those things kind of together were like, and again, being able to go to meetups and see them, uh, it was great. Now, obviously that changed <laughs> with the pandemic as it did for many of us. So that's sure. why I switched to online, but now I'm meeting people all over the United States. Absolutely. And I think you brought up a lot of, yeah, right. And I think you brought up a lot of great stuff there, especially, you know, talking about this is a team sport, commercial real estate investing, or just if you're doing any sort of large investing in real estate, it really is a team sport. Right. And uh, I think that's huge because a lot of people, you know, entering the space, they think, oh, I got to do all this and all that. And it becomes very overwhelming. Well, the truth, the truth is you need to spread out some of that some of those tasks, you know, and that's, that's how it should be done and yeah. like a business. So I think that's pretty huge. And I love the fact that you brought up, you know, you, you know, you're kind of an introvert, uh, you know, cause I'm the same way. And I know when I first started going to these meetings or thought about going to these meetings, I was kind of intimidated, right? Like, Oh, I don't know anything kind of this, you know, investor syndrome mindset. Like, I don't know anything. What am I going to, you know, but, yeah. but the truth is everybody at those meetings is, is very open, right. And willing to talk and help you learn and stuff like that. So I think anybody listening right now, take some of your words of wisdom here and, and just go, just go yeah. start talking to people, introduce yourself. It might be a, you know, a tough hurdle at first, but make that leap. Cause it's absolutely important. Um, okay. So you found the group and then you actually grew and went to other groups that were more in line with what you're wanting to invest in. And, you know, so with these groups that you've learned, um, you made a couple passive investments, right? What did you learn from those groups? Was it was it more of like just getting the connections to find uh, the sponsors to invest in, or you know what really gave you the confidence to move forward with those investments that you learned in these groups and those mentors and stuff like that? Yeah, so it was meeting the mentors or meeting the people that I was gaining information from, getting to know them, getting to know what what that they find valuable, and then once I knew them, I started trying to have a personal connection with them more than mm. just being there. And then once I got that comfort level. I invested. Um, so, you know, I was in, I was investing in a relationship with them first, getting to know them, getting to understand, maybe not even getting in on their first deal, but then getting in on deals later. So I'm a big investor of people first um, product. You know, I always say it's like a race. I bet on the jockey, but then I'm going to look at the horse and I'm going to look at the track, right? So the jockey sure. is the main sponsor that you know. The horse is the asset. So it could be any sort of, and then the track is where is it, right? So is it in a, what, you know, where is it? What is it? You know, because there's a million different, right? It's either a C or D class D value add. Is it in a rough neighborhood at night? You know, and I've done everything from a D class high value add to an A plus, um, bought it from a developer to, you know, finishing the lease out and, uh, you know, so I could learn all the different kind of sides of it. 
Yeah, absolutely. And there's a lot there. I kind of want to dive into two points. Uh, yeah. First, I want to say, you know, you've done a number of passive deals and, you know, and your experience includes a wide variety of asset classes, right? You've done, you've touched on those, uh, you know, and as you made those investments, were you intentional about your portfolio allocation to those asset classes or had you just basically found some good partners doing good deals in different asset classes and decided, Hey, I like these guys. I like what they're doing. Let's invest with them. Yeah. So no, I was definitely purpose-driven. I wanted to have you know, I, I wanted to learn on somebody else on my own nickel. So versus, you know, like I've been interested in storage. So I just did my first storage passive investment and I'm not going to do my first storage active deal till I understand more about the space and I'm taking mm-hmm. your money and putting it in my deals. So I was very fortunate enough to, you know, to go in the retail space. I used my money to learn, you know, in the land deals in the medical center, you know, even apartments to condo conversions. I wanted to learn on my money. And then I'm most comfortable in the multifamily space. It represents 50% of my investments. So, and that's where I've spent most of my energy. So I feel more comfortable taking someone else's money into my deal. Uh, But I certainly don't feel comfortable yet in any of the other spaces. Yeah, absolutely. And I love to hear that, you know, talking about getting the experience and, you know, focusing on one thing at a time. That's a, that's massive. And, you know, one thing I also want to bring up that you brought, that you mentioned earlier is something that I'll really touch on for passive investors out there. You know, you've kind of mentioned a few things that, you know, you want to look for in um, a sponsor and stuff like that. Um, you know, you want to be able to earn and learn, uh, do this stuff like that. But what are some other sticking points when it comes to finding the right sponsors and teams for you to invest with them? Yeah. So I guess not believing the hype. Um, there's a lot of hype people out there and there's a lot of people, you know, I really looked for people that were genuine and honest and talked about stuff that went wrong and how they overcame what went wrong. I look for, I, I get more confidence with those than their big wins. Um, I'm not going to lie. Like I want to invest with real people that have real solutions and real experience, you know, I do not believe, you know, all the, I call it the internet hype, all of these guys that are, you know, we got this and we did this return and we did that. I, that to me, I actually stay away from those. And I look for people that are a little more targeted, a little bit more specific. Um, I like up and coming because I feel like I'm supporting somebody. Sure. And, and again, a lot of my up and comings, I hope to be partners with. So there's a local person here. I've invested in his last four deals. We talk every other day. We've become friends. We've made LOIs together. You know, it's kind of the, the building of my path. Um, you know, and, and the big players that are doing the big deals, they don't need me. Sure. <laughs> or they sure. don't know they need me yet. How <laughs> Yeah. And I love to hear, I, I love to hear that though, Trevor, you know, you mentioned something that we don't really hear much on the show is that, you know, you like to invest with the up and coming players. Right. And I think there's something to be said for that. Does the lack of experience kind of, it doesn't uh, scare you away from investing with those, with those newer uh, syndicators? So I've never yet been on their first deal. Um, okay. So I've never yet been on somebody on their first deal, but certainly on, actually I shouldn't say that. I was with one person, this person I talked about that's local on his first deal. He was on another deal, but he was he was more brought in as a KP capital raiser. Mm-hmm. wasn't his deal. And so to me, I, I'm not going to gain anything investing in that. I'm going to gain investing, you know, his first one, he bought 42 units here in Austin. And, you know, I mean, I went and drove it with him and talked to him about it. And I was disappointed I couldn't get on the GP team, but I understand, you know, someone else found the deal and brought it to him. And, you know, that's where we are. 
Um, and since then, they've done two more deals on top of that. Um, well, cool. So you've had a positive experience. And I love to hear that, you know, because I think a lot of people's first uh, intuition is, you know, find somebody who's really experienced, who's done this, you know, multiple times, had success at it. So, well, there's lots of people that invest that way, right? There's a sure. lot of people that invest that way. And that that's the second way, right? If you're, you know, but to me, that's almost like, Wall Street money, but on multifamily. And I mean, you don't yeah. know them. You, I don't know what happens at General Motors. I don't know what happens at Amazon other than my box arrives every day. Right? <laughs> I, wanted, I wanted, you know, and, and I, I wanted to be invested in people that, you know, I could, I could learn and just figure out and, yeah. and they would take a phone call and answer my, my inquisitive, you know, I'm an inquisitive guy and answer those questions. Yeah. And I love the fact that you bring that up. And I want to, I want to ask you another question. So in regards kind of in the same vein, really is with your experience you've had as a passive investor, you know, being in so many deals, is there anything you would have done differently in regards to some of those early deals, those early investments that yeah, you made? Definitely the early investments, I didn't know enough. Um, mm. So just investing in the person is not enough. You need to understand the deal. So, so one of my very, in fact, my very first investment um, it, I did not make any money. It's gone full cycle and I made no money. Now I couldn't have seen that in the deal because I didn't have the education level. Right. But sure. they had a loan with, with no plan in place. Um, and so it was a problem. They underestimated the property taxes and taxes in Texas are a big thing. They underestimated the insurance costs. They underestimated the rehab. So they basically, they bought a deep value ad and expenses went up income did a little bit, but they just, they, they, they ran out of room and then they spend all their CapEx and they still needed to spend more to reposition. Um, and so now I know more what to look at, right? Like are the rent bumps reasonable? You know, are the expenses, you know, what have they done? What have they done with taxes? Have they adjusted it? You know, what's their plan? What's their in and out cap rates? I didn't even know. Cap rate took me like two years to actually, it's a silly little thing, but it took me like two years to really understand what, you know, I mean, I watched more videos on cap rates, uh, but I didn't understand that. Right. I just, it did, you know, but now I kind of, okay, what's your entry? What's your exit? I know enough to ask those kind of questions. Um, you know, what, what are your rent assumptions? You know, what, and you know, before, oh, we're a hundred dollars under market rent. We're going to go another hundred up with a rent improvement or with a property improvement. Okay, um, sounds great, but this is a C-class property in a neighborhood where you're now 150 over comps. I didn't even know what a comp was when I did my first <laughs> investment, right? I had an idea, but right. you know, I just think, okay, we're gonna do this. Um, and then when I actually got more involved, I started going, okay, hold on a minute, this isn't realistic. Like, mm. um, and I was fortunate enough that most of my investments lately have been local. So I've gone and seen them before I've invested in them. Um, and sure. I didn't go see my first one. Right. And if I had, I wouldn't have invested. There you um, go. There you go. Yeah. I, and you make a lot of great points. I hope our listeners take notes of that uh, because, you know, you, what you don't know is what you don't know. Right. But the thing is, uh, when you come into passive investing, you hear the word, you know, these are that these are going to be passive and they are passive after a certain point. Right. And I think you and I can both agree on the fact yeah. that 
maybe a more actively passive approach could be better for some, you know, actually, you know, learning some of the the lingo, the vernacular, stuff like that, and kind of diving into these questions. And, you know, just like you just brought up, you brought up some great examples of how invest, uh, passive investors can fast track their way to knowing what kind of questions to ask if they haven't, yeah. if they weren't already aware of them. So yeah. thank you for diving into that. Really appreciate you uh, sharing those. Um, and, you know, I want to dive a little bit more into and what we talked about earlier, and it's the, the earn and learn strategy, right? Because I know many passive investors, they want to remain just that passive, right? And they yeah. work hard for the money. They want their money to work for them. Uh, they're not interested in the nuts and bolts of running you know, the business plan of a real estate syndication, right? So the concept of earn and learn is something you've really run with as a passive investor, right? It's, it's something you've really like honed in on, right? So can you talk to us about what that means to earn and learn and why it was an it was important for you to make that a focus in your investing journey. Yeah. So I definitely always wanted to be active. Um, so I started passively investing with the goal to be active. So I started with the end in mind, you know, kind of thing. So I knew I wanted to do that, but I had a job I loved. It was going well, everything was going okay. So I decided, okay, I'm going to, you know, and I've changed my investment philosophy even after that. And I'll talk a little bit about that, but you know, what I wanted to do, I, I said, okay, I'm going to leave my job at 60, 65. It's kind of in the middle now. COVID let, pushed me over the cliff and made sure. me leave my job. So I'm there a bit early. But I always said, okay, this is what I'm going to do because I could see myself doing that well into my 70s and 80s, right? Uh, you know, all, maybe differently or whatever. But it was always my goal to become active. Um, I like to contribute value and increase the value of an investment, you know? So again, the whole cycle is you buy something, you make it a better place to live and, and then you make it a great place to work. And if you do those things, you make it a great way for investors to get return and they in turn can now use it for their why. Their why may be to also become an active real estate. Their why may be to support the local charity. Their may, why may be to retire and travel the world. My why was not retire and travel the world. My why was I wanted to be able to, to learn a new business and to, and to contribute to it and to, um, to bring other people along so that they can go do their whys. Um, and there's no wrong why, right? Um, sure. A lot of people are just like, I want, to, I want to get enough passive income so I can travel the world. I want to get enough passive income so I can drive my kids to school and be home when they come home from school. All of those whys are great. My why was I want to kind of get a job that I can do at my own pace and something I love to do. So um, that, you know, being an active investor, don't let anybody fool you. It's a job, <laughs> especially if you're going to be on the asset management side of it. Um, it's a job, but it is a job that you do on your terms, not on somebody else's terms. Yeah, absolutely. It really is. And I love the fact that you've, you know, you've all things on the business side, you know, in your careers, right? You've worked at a number of different companies. You've really been successful with that. And then now transitioning into a full-time real estate investor on the active side, uh, it's only going to go good for you. That's, that's kind of how I see it. So, you know, can you talk to us about, you know, this earn and learn idea? Uh, I really like that, you know, because you can be able to really turn this into something value add, like you were saying, right? Can you talk yeah. about some of the practical practical experiences you've had? Um, what times you've been able to apply what you've learned on the passive side to the active side? Do you have any experiences or anything like that you can share with us? Yeah, so definitely. So this is extreme because this won't happen very often. So part of my original mentorship group, you know, I went back to the main mentor and I said, listen, I'm not learning anything. 
that I want to learn. Like I've, I've peaked out, right? I haven't learning anything. I've got a lot to deliver. What could I do to help you and help me get to the next level kind of deal? And so they actually, this first investment that I said that didn't make any money, they actually said, well, we're really struggling. Would you be able to help us out? So we had an all day meeting, what it meant to be an asset manager. And I kind of knew basically, and I studied a bit about it. And they had an asset manager that was part of their employee team that was stretched too thin. So really, you're just going to help him by, you know, making sure the plan gets executed by going to the property every week versus him every month. So I thought, okay, I can sign up for that and work and switch the schedule around to where I had freedom to do that. Well, a week later, they fired him. Um, and maybe I had something to do with that because I went and reported a whole things that I found on my first week there. And, and you know, and it was like a, he was telling a different story. I mean, they had mm. skips that they were still showing as rented units, you know, so, so they could say they were stabilized at 90%. When I did a lease audit, I uh, found out we were at 86% and mm. reported that. And so anyways, long story short, and then they decided uh, four more weeks after that to fire the property management company, we're going to self-manage, uh, but don't worry, we're going to help you. Well, they did that on about 11 deals. So there was no time to help me. There was a monthly, there was a weekly call that I called put the fires out. Um, I, my joke was they threw me in the deep end. Most of the time they threw a 25 pound weight at me. And the rest of the time, maybe once in a while, they threw me a life preserver if I was really wow. drowning. But again, who could ask for more, right? I mean, what a learning experience. You know, I spent, I mean, I was on property at least two days a week for 10 months I managed a team of five. Um, I learned how to bring our capex for the per unit from six six thousand to forty two hundred. Um, I met with you know I would meet with contractors on Monday and say if you can get this work done by Friday I'll be here with my checkbook. And I mean one night I stayed till nine o'clock with I got my checkbook. You guys better finish if you want to go home for the weekend. And they needed you know they needed the checkbook, but again. Um, that's not normal, but boy, do you learn a lot. Um, and then, of course, the pandemic happened. And so that made it even more challenging. And then we started putting the property up for sale and we had a disagreement of some things. And so I was, not, you know, when you're the LP and they're the GP and you have a disagreement, um, you know, you're oh, sorry, we don't need you anymore. And then unfortunately the sale fell through and then the product, the, the property declined more because there was no one really paying attention to it. Um, and we got our money back, but you know, we, we could have at least made some if, if they hadn't run out of, if that first sale had gone through, everybody would have been made whole at the original expectations. Yeah. And that's very unique, right? I don't think a lot of people get that experience. Nobody's going to get that. Right. So, right. For you I have another example of it. So I got on a passive investment. This was, I, so I was at a D class, which I was told was a C um, trying to reposition it. So I went over to this A plus class and it was within the same group, some, but a more experienced person that joined the group. So I passively invested, but just, they were super nice and sharing people. So I just kept reaching out to them. And then I'm coming to Dallas. Could I buy you a cup of coffee? And, you know, those kind of things. And then I kept saying, can I help you with anything? These were very successful people kind of. And then one day they said, yeah, uh, we don't have any time and energy to research smart apartments. Are you interested? 
And I'm like, yes. So I researched smart apartments. I actually drove up to, to, you know, it was like three hours up there, three hours home to meet vendors on site to get quotes for installing a smart apartment. And we're going to roll it out next month. Um, and I'm going to help them do that. And again, that was an earn and learn. Um, I know a lot of, I'm, I'm much smarter <laughs> looking at smart apartments than I was before. And for me, it was a way to, you know, and they kept saying, well, we want to give you something. I said, well, you did. I learned. And you will because you're a much more experienced asset operator. So when I need a KP or a sponsor, um, you know I can deliver. And I'm going to come knocking on your door with my deal saying, hey, could you help me? Yeah. And I think there's there's so much there, right? Because you're, you're, you found the group. You've been a part of these deals, right? But you're not only you know, just there, you're making yourself uh, known, right? And open to opportunity, right? And I think a lot of investors um, can take a lot away from that, right? You know, be yeah. be known, you know, be heard, make sure people know you're present and then be open to opportunities if that's something that's going to fall in your wheelhouse, right? If that's where you want to yeah. be, be open yeah. to opportunities and take advantage of it. So yeah, and, and networking, I mean, and just putting yourself out there. So many people say, what can you do for me? And, and switch it and say, what can I do for you? Which is, we, you know, we talked about the giver mentality. So the deal I'm a GP on, um, I met this person a year ago and started talking to him and just connected, you know, every couple of months, you know, I was active on LinkedIn and Facebook. So I liked and commented on everything he did. So he didn't forget me. Um, and you can ask other people. I stalk people on LinkedIn. And, and so if you get on my thing and I like and comment, I'm stalking you. Don't worry. It's all friendly stalking. And but then, you know, and I kept saying, I'll be boots on the ground in Texas if you need me. And that's been my mantra for like a year. And then they actually closed on the deal. I did some help with them. And oh, I was like, man, bummer. I missed. So I just sent a nice note saying, hey, congratulations. I'm still here if you need help. And about a week later, they said, you know, and we worked out an arrangement where I could help the deal. Um, and again, you know, I'm, I'm a small part of a bigger deal, but it it's a win-win and I'm here. And again, I'm going to learn because this will be my first one where I have more control being on the team to execute the plan. I'm not just executing somebody else's plan. Yeah, absolutely. So, and it, you know, and it works. Absolutely. You know, it just goes back to that concept that you brought up, you know, earn and learn and how powerful it is. I think it's, that's uh, it's pretty amazing, but, uh, and our listeners should definitely take away a lot from that, you know, be open to opportunities, you know, and if you're making passive uh, deals and you want to become active, make sure you're doing the, the earn and learn strategy for sure. But uh, Trevor, you know, people on the learn side too, are just irritating. Don't be irritating. (laughs) Like try to be helpful. Like yeah. nobody likes this person that negatively asks all kinds of questions, right? It, it, it's not a, you know, be genuinely inquisitive and, and supportive, you know, like when one of my deals went, I called the guy up and said, man, you know, you're in a tough spot and do you need any help? And they didn't, but, you know, I could have called up and said, you jeopardizing my investment, uh, but he just wouldn't take my call the next time, right? Right, right. Absolutely. That's a great, that's a great point, Trevor. You know, it's been a great conversation, Trevor. Really enjoyed getting to learn more about you and, and your experience and your story. Uh, but before we get out of here, what's the best way for our listeners to find out more about you and how they can connect? Yeah, so I'm very active on LinkedIn. So, so it's K Trevor Thompson on LinkedIn. Um, my email is ktt at niagara-investments.com and then Niagara because I'm from Niagara Falls. So <laughs> that's how the Niagara came in there. So it's KTT at Niagara-investments.com. 
And again, find me on LinkedIn or Facebook. Um, super active. Okay, perfect. We're going to make sure to put all that stuff in the show notes, Trevor, so they can reach out to you. Um, again, it's been great having you on the show. Really appreciate you taking the time to speak to me today, Trevor. Oh, uh, it's been my pleasure. I've enjoyed it. Hey, real quick before we get out of here, do me a huge favor and leave a rating and review for the podcast. We're always looking to bring you guys the best insights and strategies for building our real estate portfolios and your ratings and reviews really help with getting top guest speakers that are the best in the real estate investing business. I promise this will only take you a few seconds and I really appreciate it. Thanks for being awesome, guys. Cheers.